You're listening to This Is Life Unfiltered, my weekly podcast on entrepreneurship, being fearless, and living life unfiltered. So before I get into this episode, make sure you guys are following This Is Life Unfiltered on social media at, at T-I-L-U podcast. And also, as I get ready, maybe by the time this episode has aired, I will have announced where the next Be Fearless Summit is. But so many of you have been reaching out to ask where it will be. So make sure that you're following the Instagram page for that as well, which is at Be Fearless Summit, so that you can stay up to date with where the next summit is. So this week, I'm really excited because many of you guys have probably noticed how there's been such a shift in magazines and TV. In the old days, you watch the Disney Channel and you would know the name of every single star on a show. Nowadays, I feel like so many people are acting, so many people are influencing, whatever you even consider it. But there's a few people who have been working in this industry even before I started, which was back in 2011. So today I've got the co-founder of YSB Now, Colleen Brumall. YSB Now is a celebrity-driven digital platform that empowers and inspires young women. It's a really incredible platform. And the reason I say that is because I actually was on the platform earlier this year. And initially when I met with the team and I even appeared on this video, I realized how unique they are in the space because many of these magazines, Teen Vogue, 17. They focus on issues, but a lot of them aren't necessarily talking to kids. So I really resonated with the fact that they were taking kind of the personal experiences from young people in the public eye and really making them popular and really making it accepted. So Colleen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, I know off book, we just had a conversation of how you got started, but go through it again. You worked in magazine and editorial way before you started YSB. Yeah. So I was always, I guess, when I was in high school, I loved MTV and TRL and boy bands. NSYNC was my go-to. I was obsessed with teen magazines. Um, and I was 18, so it was like my freshman year of college. And I really wanted to get like that dream internship at you know, a TRL or an MTV. I guess they're the same thing. Um, or like NBC, that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, all of those places, like they just, you have to be a junior. Like they don't accept anybody younger. So I found this teen magazine that I just launched. It was actually about like 20 minutes from my house in New Jersey. Um, I grew up right outside of Manhattan in Bergen County. And um, they, I kind of just emailed their like random, you know, info at a magazine or whatever it was. And I, I forgot about it, to be perfectly honest. And a few weeks later, I got this random call and they're like, hey, we got this, you know, email from you. We Sorry it took so long. We never checked that that email box. And we'd love, we'd love to talk about having you intern for us. So just had a phone conversation with them and um, I got the internship, you know, and it was really interesting because like, you know, I feel like there's so much pressure on, on kids when you're like 13 to be like, what do you want to study in college? And like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like, well, how do I know I'm a kid, you know? And so I definitely never felt like I was great at anything. Like I was, I was okay at soccer and I think I was okay at like Spanish, but I was never like great at anything. And so I didn't really feel like I was like good enough in a way. You know what I mean? I kind of just felt like an underdog, I guess. And so um, I interned there when during that summer and I was like, oh my God, I love this. And I also was like, apparently I'm really good at this because like they're having me come in every day and this and that. And then my editor there, who's kind of like my you know, internship boss or whatever, became the executive editor of Tiger Beat and Bob when they relaunched that following fall. And she was like, so we're going to be based in LA and we'd love to have you be our like East Coast correspondent, you know, for when 
there's events and red carpets and whatever it might be. So I basically spent college, um, you know, going back and forth every so often from Delaware to New York City to interview like Usher or, you know, Pharrell. It just it was a really cool, cool vibe and cool moment. And I enjoyed it a lot. So that's kind of how I got my start. And before that, you were an actress, correct? Well, yeah. I mean, I was a kid, so I don't necessarily know how how much I would say that I was an actress much or just kind of like a child uh, performer or something. But I, again, like I said, grew up right outside of Manhattan, um, youngest of four kids. And, you know, people would always tell my mom and dad, like, you should get your kids in the business. They're so cute. They could be models. And my mom and dad have like nothing to do with the industry. My dad was like an engineer and my mom's a teacher. Like, So they had no idea what that even was about. Um, but then they're like, well, we have like four kids two years apart. So we should maybe try to look into this because maybe it'll help pay for their college someday, you know, because they were like paying off student loans forever. Um, and so, yeah, we started doing that. It was before I was even born. My brothers and sisters started modeling. And I my first audition was for the soap opera as the Walters um, to play like Meg Ryan's baby. It was like a really popular, you know, daytime soap opera at the time. And I was on it for like several years. And you know, I did a lot of commercials and things like that. And it was it was just really fun because it was it was really treated like, you know, I said, like Girl Scouts or like a fun activity I did. I didn't know that, you know, I made money on it. I didn't know that it was different. It was just like I, I was super my, my parents did a really good job keeping me humble about it. Um, and then I went into first grade, I think. And I was like, oh, my art teacher only likes me because I'm on TV because I, I don't know if she watched the show or whatever it was, but she always wanted to talk about it. And so, and like older kids would kind of be like, oh, you're on TV. How much money do you make? So I kind of felt different. And I felt like it was just like this weird kind of thing where I was like, oh, like they automatically like me because I'm on TV. Like they don't even want to know what my personality is like or who I am, you know? And basically I told my mom that and she like yanked me out of the business. And so I like joke around and say I was forced into early retirement. But in a way I have to say that like, those kind of early years of doing that, which are so microscopic compared to like a Disney star, you know what I mean? Because I was so young and it was a soap opera, like it wasn't a big deal at all. But they gave me a really unique perspective. Those years gave me a really unique perspective that like other reporters don't have into like working with these child stars and interviewing them and understanding what they go through and how long their day is and, and that kind of stuff, you know? So it really helped me a lot. I've met a lot of people who were in front of the camera and ended up becoming quite successful behind the camera. So I'm curious, as you got older, why did you not go back to acting? Like, what was it that you enjoyed editorial and the magazine side of things? It's really funny you mentioned that because I randomly was in a movie like 10 years ago with uh, Emma Roberts and Sam Rockwell. And it happened like completely by chance. Like, And um, then I came to L.A. and I got, I got an agent and started auditioning. But it was like at that point in my life. I was probably like in my mid to late twenties and I was like, I can't drive like an hour to go, you know, audition for like person number two and how I met your mother. You know what I mean? And then at that same time, I started doing more, getting more back into teen magazines. So I was like, I can have more of an impact and feel more fulfilled um, doing the interviews and writing stories and stuff like that. So there's such a heavy focus on YSB with empowerment and especially young women. So growing up, did you ever have any like personal issues with bullying or mental health that have impacted what you've done with YSB? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when I give my bio or whatever, I don't, um, I sort there's a few years that are, are kind of shifty. Um, that's because basically 
you know, I have had like some tragedy in my life. So when I was 15, uh, like I had the best childhood, amazing family, like literally picture perfect, like something you'd see on a sitcom that you wouldn't believe, like it was true. Um, and then when I was like 13, my brother, Tom, who was like my hero, um, started acting really weird, like bailed out of college. And he was like president of the national honor society, like a model, a captain of the football team. And like, it turned out he was bipolar, you know, but there was like no talk about that. And kind of everybody at, I think there's been a cultural shift since then. Cause again, this is like going back like 20 years, but, um, it was kind of like we couldn't talk about it and my parents didn't want to tell me because they wanted to protect me. And, and so that, that's kind of like the initial thing. And then when I was 15, um, my other brother was killed in a car accident. And so I really like escaped into this world of celebrity magazines. Right. So like, it just made me happy to read about celebrities, you know? And that's, that's an interesting thing too. Cause it's like, sometimes like people make fun of a tiger beat or like where, you know, that's where I started or whatever. And it's like, you know what this does for kids? Like, maybe you think it's corny to say like, oh, this is my embarrassing moment. But like reading about Justin Timberlake's embarrassing moment is what helped me get through, you know, my losses as a kid, because I was able to sort of escape my own world and dive into that. You know what I mean? Of course. Well, when you say people like make fun of it, in what way? So like there's certain, and I don't want to say people make fun of it, but like there's certain, like sometimes like, you know, back in the day, you'd be like, oh, can we do an interview with so-and-so? And they'd be like, uh, they're not doing teen press anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's like, okay, but guess what? Like, that's who buys your albums. Yeah. That's, you know, like someone reading Vogue magazine isn't going to go buy an album by like a 16 year old star. No. Unless you're Billie Eilish. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, anyway, yeah, I just feel like sometimes teen, teen brands and teen outlets get a bad rap. But if you really think about um, what they do for kids, it, it means a lot. So, like, another thing is like when um, sometimes, like, you know, you, people are like, oh, well, they were just a Disney actor, like whatever. But it's like, you should be proud that you were on a Disney show because you know what plays nonstop on a loop at children's hospitals all Disney. over the country is Disney yeah. Channel. So those shows like have an impact. And you might want to, you know, when you're like 18, you might be like, oh, I don't watch that. That's corny. But, you know, they have a real impact, you know. That's quite a unique way to think of that. Um, yeah, no, I, I really resonate with that. And I, and I think, again, when you're in entertainment for a decent amount of time and you've been able to witness so many changes, it kind mm-hmm. of definitely brings you that perspective. But I remember, I mean, I agree with you. All of those magazines are like, helped me, you know, grow up. My mom never talked about any of these, you know, eating disorders, like sex, any of it. So those magazines, yeah. But, you know, from somebody who's worked in the industry and especially in, in magazines and writing and stuff for so long, it's changed in so many ways. And now people are really, who are not even entertainment, are so aware of the changes. So I want to talk about that. I mean, how do you think since you were working at Tiger Bee in the days of when like People Magazine was was everything, um, that it's changed to now and in a positive or a, you know, a not so positive way? Oh, man. Um, it's crazy. I think that, like, I mean, that's kind of a broad question. So if you want to like talk about it a little more in like a more specific way, I'll probably be able to give you a better answer. Sure. Yeah. I guess I mean, you know, nowadays a lot of these magazines are run by by teenagers. And, you know, it's, it's not Anna Wintour anymore. It's like, you know, young 17, 18 year old editors. Uh, so I guess that would be, that's kind of the basis of this question. And, and do you think that's a good thing? Like that now it's, it's not as prestigious and pretentious as it used to be the magazine world. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, you know, in my own way, it's like, I wasn't a journalism major. I didn't have a good GPA. I was ranked 135 out of 274 kids in high school. And I got this internship because I went and sent an email. So I think, 
the internet and social media has really made it a lot easier for you to get your foot in the door. You know what I mean? Like if a kid's, if a kid finds me on my social media and kind of like writes me and asks for advice, I always write back because I'm like, yeah, do it. Like whatever, you know, I think on another angle though, um, like for instance, if I was like, I'm, I'm 30, I just turned 36. Yeah. But like, if I was running a magazine when I was 22, I'd be a complete idiot. So I think that it's really easy to, to make mistakes when you're given a title at such a young age and everybody's watching you and you're in a world where social media, like everyone finds out about everything. Um, this girl, Lauren Duca from Teen Vogue, I don't know if of BuzzFeed just did a profile yeah. on her. I think she's like early 20s. Yeah. And this profile was like brutal, you know? And I'm like, I was an idiot five years ago, you know? So I think that, you know, it's like, it's like, it's great to be in a position um, where, you know, you're young and you're doing awesome, but, but it's in such a, so much more of a public way now because of social media and kind of people are really quick to want to tear you down or see somebody doing well and be like, you know, be a hater. <laughs> Why do you think so many of these magazines though are, are making this acceptable? I mean, many of these, especially the top ones that are not digital are owned by Condé Nast, by Hearst. And I feel like they still are employing this very young people, not to say that it's a bad thing, but in a sense, I do agree with you. I mean, I think it takes a little bit of legitimacy away from the concept of, you know, you're, you're reading like a professional piece of work because in a sense you're, you're not, but I don't know. People might listening be like, Oh my God, she's such a bitch. But I don't know. I kind of, I don't know. I definitely think you know, if I'm reading something on Instagram or something, but if I want like a hard piece of news and somebody wrote it as 21, I think that that's yeah. great. But I don't know that I would, that I do take it as seriously. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. So it just reminded me of a story of like when I was 19, um, I was called to be an editor on a magazine and it was like a magazine all about Mary Kate and Ashley. But at the time, like, you, there was no YouTube. You couldn't like search interviews. Like you had to go to this archaic system called like LexisNexis. And I was like, oh my God, like I wrote basically the entire magazine, come up with all the ideas for it. And I was like, this is gonna absolutely like, if I, I'm, I'm 19 and they are giving me this position. I'm like, if something goes wrong, I'm never gonna like work in this industry again. And it was like a scary moment because Mary-Kate and Ashley were like so in charge of their brand and this and that. So it's like magazines out for a few days and they're like, oh my God, it's going to be like the best selling issue we've ever done, you know? And then I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, it's really cool. Like I overheard from like where I was sitting and then they're like, oh, we just got a call from the from Dual Star Entertainment, which is their company. And I was like, oh my God, are we get?" I like literally felt like that onset of diarrhea feeling. Cause I was like, if they're going to sue us at all, this is like, and it was a very positive magazine. It wasn't like gossipy. And, um, it ended up that they ordered like 500 copies to distribute amongst their staff. Oh, and that was a really yeah. cool moment. Cause yeah. like, that's a, you know, that's a sign that like, you don't have to write gossip or negative clickbait to, to do well and to succeed and feel fulfilled by it. Sure. And not to undermine anyone who is that age and has given that position, but you know, I think when I was starting and especially if there's like, you do all the shitty internships and you do all this and then you, then you like work your way up. Whereas now I think in some ways it's a little easier. People don't respect that concept of like working your way up. Now they want it immediately. Mm -hmm. They want that kind of like success. Or yeah. That and I think that's, that's kind of like part of the culture and it, 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 it scales beyond um, the industry. It's like Amazon. I could order something on Amazon and get it tonight. Mm -hmm. Like I, I could order a basketball hoop on Amazon right now and it'll be at my house in two hours. 
you can, you know, back in the day when I was writing a school paper, I had to go to the library and like write down sources and, you know, write the freaking things on my notebook, all the quotes. And now it's like, you can all that, get that immediately right from your phone, you know? So which time period do you like more? Um, man, that's a tough question because for instance, like I'm, but by coastal, I go back and forth. So like, I absolutely love um, like FaceTiming with my sister and yeah, my me too. nephew. Yeah. So I think there's there's like good parts of it and there's yeah. bad parts of it, and it's about like finding that balance. Sure. You know? So I want to talk about. So you were you were working at Tiger Beat, or and then you went to Popstar, or was vice versa? Yes. Okay. So that's kind of another. And you know, sorry for everyone listening because my life has been really weird. Uh, but basically, I was at working at the Tiger Beat offices, uh, literally a few blocks away from here, and. Um, my other brother, the one who was bipolar, killed himself, you know? And so it's like, I was thinking I was, I was 22 and you're just like, what is life? Like what, you know what I mean? Like I truly had no idea what was going on. Like, what is the world? What is my purpose? Like I didn't want to do anything. And so I took a couple of years off to kind of like figure it out, um, you know? And I was like walking dogs. I was nannying. I did substitute teaching. Like I just, I just wanted to try everything and figure out what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? And so that's how I randomly did that movie 10 years ago. And then, um, and again, like, you know, after going through a tragedy of that magnitude, you're like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to go sit down with a 13 year old kid and say like, what's your idea of a romantic date? <laughs> you know, it just was like, not my vibe. Um, and so, yeah, but then I, a friend of mine called and was like, Hey, can you cover this event for us? Like our person just, you know, I know you're not really in this world too much now. I was like, sure. Yeah, I'll do it. And it was actually a photo shoot with um, Max Schneider. who's a singer now. He plays the song. Oh, okay. Okay. He was on a Nickelodeon show that lasted one season and they were kind of making me up and they were like, kind of heartthrob. And he was so cool. And he had so much money. He didn't even know the story. because um, I, my sister just had a second baby and I wanted to be around all the time. And it was like 15 minutes from where I grew up, the, new, the pop store offices. So I ended up going there and uh, Natasha, who's now like with me at YSB now, um, she was an intern at Popstar. Or no, she actually was an intern at Teen Magazine. Her first interview she ever did was Demi Lovato. So she, I thought I was cool because I started when I was like 18. She started when she was 15 mm. and just killing it. Awesome. And then she was going to college in New York. So it was perfect because she came and we worked together at the Popster offices and, you know, had a blast. That is, oh my gosh. I mean, number one about. And it's so funny. I'm sorry I'm rambling. It's really funny because I, I'm, I'm, I never get interviewed. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, well, <laughs> so okay. I hope I'm not like, you know, going on too many tangents here. No, I mean, you know, first of all, it seems like entertainment always, it, it, it kind of is just in your blood. Like mm -hmm. it consistently came back to yeah, you, which is kind of fascinating. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, I feel like I never like forced anything, you know, I feel like things kind of unfolded the way that they were supposed to, even if at the time things might've not made sense. So I think that like for anybody listening, it's important to like be patient, like even Max Schneider. Right. So that kid, plucked from New York City, where he was on Broadway with like Ariana Grande and the show 13, gets this Nickelodeon show, 
the show lasts one season, you know, kind of fizzled a little bit, but the kid's like a prolific artist and just awesome. And I knew he was going to be huge. And now look at him, like top five hits, like I'm hits. the worst. I, huge. I literally, yeah, no, so I don't know. Amazing. Fight. And so, and I think that's a really important side that, that I like to show and Natasha and I like to show on YSB now that it's like the journey is what makes it really worth it mm-hmm. when you start to succeed. Cause like I've had so many weird and also like really sad moments in my life. But if I didn't go through those things, like I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't have the attitude that I do now in the perspective that I do now. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, how at that age did you even cope with your brother? Suicide? I don't know. It was horrible. And it truly, it's like, it's very like people that know me now would like not believe it. Like, you know, like my mom would have to pull me out of bed in the morning. You know what I mean? And I think that, um, you know, that's the thing with social media too, is it's, I don't really use social media on a personal level too much myself. Cause I just kind of like, I don't like, I don't like want to post something great about myself, knowing that there's people who, who are feeling how I felt mm-hmm. 10 years ago. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Of course. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think you just have to like, oh, okay. So I just remembered this, this is going to sound so crazy, but I, um, at first, like my parents didn't tell me how he died. And like me, me and him were so close. We talked every day and immediately I thought that it was a suicide. Cause I just knew, you know, I just knew, but like everyone was like, well, tell Colleen, like I'm the youngest and I'm super sensitive. So they were like, Oh, well, we're just going to tell her that like, we don't know. So I went from this like weird emotional and it is nothing against my parents at all because they love me and they just wanted to protect me and stuff like that. But I went through this like crazy emotional thing of like, well, did he, um, being like, I can't believe I thought he killed himself. Like I'm such a jerk. He had, you know, a brain aneurysm, like, right. Just thinking of what it could be. So like that weird emotional thing. And then I was like about to go back to LA for a tiger beat or whatever. And I was like, so, um, are we going to find out like how he died? You know, like when is the report going to come back or whatever? And my mom was like, well, you know, he killed himself. And I just had this like weird feeling come over me where I was like, I, I like almost like went out of my body and saw this stuff that happened. I had to like believe that it was happening for a reason that was bigger than myself and the people I knew. Right. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but like I had to, I just, in that moment, I just felt something overcome me where I was like, this is not about you, Colleen. This is not about your friends and family and people who know you who are going to be inspired. This is about something that's going to happen like on a much bigger level, mm-hmm. you know? And it took me like 10 years yeah. to figure out <laughs> what yeah. that level was, maybe a little less than 10 years. Um, but, you know, there would be no ISB now without going through those losses, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, that's, that's, that's why, that's what, that's why YSB now is like, we talk about real issues and stuff because I don't want any kid out there to feel like as alone as I felt yeah. during that time. No, of course. I mean, you everything, know? everything that happens, any trauma that happens to anyone is what kind of determines their future. So yeah. um, when you moved to LA, you moved here for Tiger Beat? Yes. So did you know anyone out here? I mean, so I actually, I feel like it's so weird. I haven't like talked about myself at length and I'm like remembering all these random things. But I actually worked out of their offices the summer before my senior year of college which is just hilarious because like everybody called all the worker, you know, all the employees, it was like everyone on different teen magazines knew each other and they're all like in their late twenties. And I'm like, not even 21. I had like a fake ID and my nickname to them, like 
by them to this day is like little Colleen <laughs> because like I just was like this random like 20 year old kid like coming out to a bar like you know what I mean sorry mom and dad they knew that um and uh it was really uh it was really fun and it was crazy because I just remember it was like the best summer ever and then like I went, had to go back to like University of Delaware and I'm like I'm so ready to be done with this you know even though college was an absolute blast and I had the best time after that summer in LA it was like yeah, so um, when when's graduation? You know what I mean? Yeah, because you could easily move to New York. I mean, that would have been so much closer. Yeah, but I just loved LA. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to. Um, I really wanted to work at Tiger Beat. The yeah. people that worked there were amazing, incredible people. Like the owner, the former owner, his name is Scott Lawfer, and his dad started the actual um, publication. Like he created Teen Magazines. Mm best guy in the entire world like my editor-in-chief there my boss Lisa Koval is like truly a mentor to me now like she's incredible and so um just being around people like that you're like that's where I want to go you know even when I was in college and doing interviews like they would see people would see me on carpets and like people would tell me personal things and of course I wouldn't like I remember Lindsay Lohan I was like oh what are you going to do this summer and she's like oh I think I'm gonna no she's like I think I'm gonna go to I'd love to live in Paris for a month or something like that. And I was like, oh, cool. And a guy, somebody from like either Us Weekly or one of those tabloids was like next to me. And they're like, what'd she say? And I was like, oh, she said that she's um, going to go to Paris, I think, for a month or something. And like I was in class like a week later. Right. And the girl in front of the girls behind me were reading Us Weekly. I'm pretty sure it was Us Weekly. And they're like, oh, my God, did you hear Lindsay Lohan's going to Paris to get away from all the problems of her family? Oh my so they God. literally, and I was like, turn around. I was like, wait, what? You know, and uh, of course, they didn't know that I did this. So sure. I'm like, what? Let me see that. That's crazy because she told me that. And they probably thought I was like a crazy, compulsive weirdo. <laughs> but like that, that was really sad for me to see. And I'm like, I know. And so people from those kind of outlets would be like, oh, uh, would you want to do stuff for us? And I'm like, absolutely not. I'd never want to do anything bad or negative or gossipy. And that's why this is kind of my realm that sure. I like being in. That makes so much sense because people would immediately go to, yes, like I want the name or the name, you know, the yeah, name and that kind of. I was never interested in that because sure. my goals and my dreams are not about like myself and my ego. It's about like how I can make a difference. Yeah. That's you know? really interesting. So when you were out here then, was that like around the time of the Hills or not? Would that have been a little, <laughs> I'm thinking like the that's Lord so Potter. Funny, like I, uh, I was like, I, I always say like, it was probably like right after that, I want to say. I don't even know, but I would joke around and I'd be like, oh, yeah, anytime I like miss LA, I just turn on an episode of, of the hills. hills. And it's so real. And I'm like, AKA, like the show that makes me embarrassed to be white. You yeah. Know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's like, ugh. I just think that, that that show and that kind of stuff is just like ushered in this really weird kind of people that want to be in the industry sure well I also think you know that particular group of kids as well I mean that they were very wealthy kids which you didn't really you don't really know until you you realize that after um and that was also kind of like a defining moment of you know reality but not reality because it was all scripted yeah. but um so take me through when you exactly launched YSB now you had this idea yeah so Natasha and I were am I sitting am I good oh, no, you're good, you're good. so Natasha and I were at Popstar and we loved the digital side of it and it was like um, we really started to notice that I feel like I have to burp. So sorry. I don't know if you edit this out, but, um, okay. we noticed that's why I paused. Um, we noticed that with the advent of social media and sort of like digitally altering apps that girls were, um, starting to like not be as confident 
and not feel good and not have good self-esteem. Sure. And one night, for example, um, my family's like super Irish. I don't know if you could tell, but we do. My mom does a big like Irish, Irish dinner um, on St. Patrick's Day. And so um, my dad's friend who has a daughter who was probably like 13 or 14, super cool kid came to have dinner and she's like, can I see your phone? And she like took my phone and like was on the pop star uh, Instagram mm -hmm. and like followed herself and liked a bunch of pictures, then went back to my account, followed herself, liked a bunch of pictures. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so sad. Like the kids are, you know, being a kid is hard enough, like let alone with social media, like what the heck, this is bad. But then we also noticed that like, you know, this generation of kids, like our parent, my parents could protect me from the harsh realities of the world, right? turn off the TV, but these kids have it in their hand because they have iPhones and so they can Google whatever they want to Google. And so they were not like today's 13 year olds are not 13 year olds from 10, 20 years ago because they know what's going on in the world. Like they're surrounded by sad things. And um, so they're not as innocent, you know? And so we wanted to be able to like tell real stories that make them feel better, you know, about the world and what's around them. You'd have like an amazing you know, hour long conversation with a teen celebrity. And then it'd be relegated to like, well, my most embarrassing moment, because that was just what pop star was. And so we're like, let's create something that is meaningful, you know, and matters and makes a difference. So you guys have a huge social media following. How do you, what, what at what point did you get that? I mean, what time did you get that response? Um, it's very interesting because we never used like bots. We never bought followers like that. That's just like something that we were never interested in doing. And we're kind of like, you know, there's this movie called Field of Dreams. That's like, if you build it, they will yeah. come. And we kind of felt like if we build it, they will come, you know? And I remember we're like, we're almost at 10,000. You know, it's like, we're almost at a thousand. It's like, we're almost at 10,000. And so um, I would say probably in the last like year and a half, it really started to go. And and just people, you know, we just kind of hit something where it started, um, it started going really well and just, and just, you know, bubbling and, and going. And, you know, I think that for us, it's like, I think it's easy for a regular person, let alone like a media outlet to sort of get caught up in the likes where it's like, oh, if I post this, it's not going to really get good engagement, you know? And I think we had like a moment there where we were kind of like, well, we want to do well with engagement because we want to get sponsors or whatever. And then it's like, yeah, that's important. But the sponsors who understand what we do will mm -hmm. get that. Yep. And like, I want to, I want to, it's cool to post a cute picture of BFFs, right? But I want to make sure that we continue to post stuff that matters and that has substance to it, you know? Yeah, no, no, of course. So do you think, most of your connections then from magazines, you know, is that what kind of went into you being able to interview all these you know, kids or celebrities? Yeah, so that's, that's something that, you know, Natasha and I, you know, are very genuine down-to-earth people. And we also, you know, when we were at Popstar, we would always, like, you know, give everyone a shot, you know, and, like, put random people that weren't known, known yet, like, in the magazine and things like that. So there's this, like, for for example, this kid, Carson Leaders, who's, yeah, like, so, like, at the time, was so little. It's, like, so funny to think about him how little he was. And Natasha like did an interview with him at like Planet Hollywood. And we put like a pin up in the magazine. Now, you know, six, seven years later, he signed, he just got signed to Def Jam and is like crushing it. And so, you know, I think that number one, when you support people really early on, the ones who are good, remember that and want to, you know, take care of you and make sure that, um, you know, they remember that. And they're like, yeah, like whatever you need, let's do it. You know what I mean? Um, so I think like there's that. Um, and then 
also, did I just lose my train of thought? Um, the other thing is that I think that because we're genuine people, yeah. like we don't, we don't, we don't try to do gossipy stuff. Like there's been so many times where like a kid says something and we're like, holy shit. <laughs> but it's like, they know that we're not going to post it yeah. because we're not, we're not assholes. You know, I remember there was like one celebrity back in the pop star days who like, didn't know that Philadelphia was, she's like, where are we right now? And I was like, she's like, what, what city are we? And I was like, Philadelphia, you know? And she's like, no, but what city are we in? And I, Philadelphia is a state. And I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah. but it's like, again, like these kids have been working forever. Yeah. They're not, you know, I'm horrible at geography and yeah. I'm not working, you know, on a TV show set all day, but like little things like that. We're just, uh, yeah. we're just pretty chill people. And I think with YSB now too, is like, we give these kids a chance to really tell their stories yeah. in a genuine way and a compelling way and yeah. an inspiring way. Um, and I, so I think that makes a difference too. So as an entrepreneur, um, what has been the hardest part of starting, you know, a company, especially starting a company when you still have competition, like 17 and teen Vogue? I think that it's really important to not look at what other people are doing. Um, I remember like super random, but Missy Elliott in an interview said that like when she's making an album and recording an album, she will not listen to the radio because mm -hmm. it impacts like what she's doing and what her vibe is. You know what I mean? And so I think that it's really easy to like, what are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? But I think it's so important to have the confidence in yourself and the belief in yourself to be like, you know what? Like, okay, we might have a couple swings and misses, but we believe in what we're doing. And so let's do what we want to do and not just not look what other people are mm -hmm. doing. It doesn't matter yeah. when you know what you want to do and you know when you have a vision. It might yeah. not be totally honed in yet because you kind of are like looking at a bunch of different things. Um, but I think that it's important to not look at what everyone else is doing because if we yeah. did, we would be not doing anything. So stay in your own lane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that it's also really important to like, you know, not sweat the small stuff. And I think that for me... Um, that comes a little easier because of the tragedies sure. I've been through in my personal life. It's like, oh, we didn't get we didn't get a spot on the red carpet, or we didn't get yeah. invited to this junket, or we're fucking dead last at the Kids Choice Awards next to like Lucky Charms, like which literally actually happened. You know, you can't take it too personally. Yeah. You really can't. And that's like in this industry, you cannot take things personally because it's it will just drive you insane, and that will 